Welcome to Camdeners, the official podcast for the Camden Clean Air Initiative with me, Jeffrey Young. In this podcast, we get to know and discover the lives of Camdeners, those special individuals shaping the unique and vibrant culture of the borough of Camden. And today we're here in the studio with Emma Morgan, Community Engagement Lead, and Jamal Muhammad, Community Engagement Manager at the British Library. So welcome, Emma, and welcome, Jamal. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Who wants to go first? I wonder if you tell us about yourselves and your backgrounds and you know what what you know what led you to come and work for the British Library. Okay, um, so I have been at the British Library now for seven and a bit years. I started in 2016 in April 2016, and my background um, was in community development, but working more so in the community and voluntary sectors. Um, and I saw this job advertised. It was a newly created role. It was actually what Jamal's job is now. Um, and it was a newly created role. Um, and the library talked about, I remember very distinctly reading the words, um, help, help us become more open to our local communities and uh, a less elitist institution. And that was what really drew me to the role. Um, it, it really spoke to me in that, you know, I really valued, I, I've always valued places like the British, British Library. Um, but I also recognise that they can be perceived as a little bit maybe special, exclusive and particular, so not necessarily for everybody. So that really drew me in. Um, and obviously it married with my kind of previous experience of working with like communities. So that was what initially drew me to it, really. Um, yeah, and it was working very in a very sort of like focused, hyper-local way, which is what Jamal and I continue to do in and around um, the library and the sort of surrounding four wards, which is where we focus our, our time and energy. Right, so more community rather than being a librarian, if that role even yeah, exists today. Exactly. Well, it definitely does, and there are lots of librarians. <laughs> um, and actually, sometimes, yeah, I feel like my lack of librarianship knowledge is probably lacking, given that I've worked there for seven years, and there are some amazing librarians on site. But our function, obviously, is very much about um, the relationship with people outside of the library. So, yeah, in the local community. Okay, Jamal. What about you? What what brought you to the British Library, and yeah, what was the journey? Um, so I've kind of, um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised in spent most of my life in Camden. Um, and so I've always kind of had the British library in, in, in the background of my mind. It was been that massive building that kind of, um, on Euston road, but I'd never actually, um, apart from like a school trip in secondary school, something like that, I'd never actually been to the library. Um, and it was only after I graduated and started getting more involved in kind of community work and, and working in kind of the youth sector and, and, um, youth development and stuff like that is when I kind of started to see the opportunities of like working with the British Library and, and kind of the different programs and projects that they actually had designed and, and Emma was leading on that kind of work towards um, bringing a more young audience into the British Library um, and then through that relationship I kind of get, got to know the team and then um, found out about opening in the team. Mm. And so that secondary school visit, what, what, was, what, what are your memories of that? I remember it being massive Yeah, <laughs> and it still feels massive to this day. Uh, I feel like I still get the same feeling when I walk through those um, the front doors. It's just like, it's almost, it's almost a lot for your eyes to take in. Um, but yeah, I think um, the exhibition was something to do with um, Queen Mary and Queen Elizabeth. Um, and I remember, I remember being like, this can't be real. Like the items yeah. on show can't be real. Like, right. how have you just got something from, from that time period? 
it, it almost in, in my mind didn't make sense how this had been pre- how this had been preserved in a way. Mm. Um, but then now like working and getting like behind the scenes and getting to the collections and and the archives and the basements and just being like and just getting to see firsthand how much care is given to these items and how how they are kept. It has just been like opened my eyes to like a whole new world. Mm. Well, so that brings us to that really um, important point now. What is the British Library? What, what does it contain? I mean, I thought it was, uh, you know, before, you know, our pre-meeting, you know, I thought it was like 300, 400 year institution. And I, I hear it's having its 50th anniversary. So, so what actually is it? The British Library. Well, first of all, it is a library, like, but it's a reference library. And actually, I think we find that quite challenging in our role because obviously we're, we're, we're aiming to, you know, excite people about this, this space and this, this building and everything that's in it. Um, but you have to be able to explain, first of all, what it is. And sometimes explaining, you know, because I, I hadn't made use of the library before I, um, before I worked at the library. I'd never made use you know, of the reading rooms. And so it's a reference library and you can't take that. You can't borrow things. You can't borrow items. But as Jamal said, you can see some extraordinary things and you don't have to be anyone special, actually. You can, you can request to see all sorts of things. Um, and see real life hard copy versions there, and they arrive in a on a little trolley um, into the reading room, and it's quite amazing. But it is, yeah, first and foremost, it's a library, but a reference library, and it's the nation's archive, and we we document absolutely everything, don't we? That, that's published. But I think we often have this conversation, like in teams at the at the library. We're also this. We've become this amazing like cultural events venue, um, and a lot of people that use the library don't necessarily come as researchers or readers. They might come because they like an exhibition or the events programme or actually to use the Business and Intellectual Property Centre, also known as the BIPC. should plug that because it's a really great resource that not everybody knows about. Um, But it's, it's, you know, to help entrepreneurs... with their with their startup, so there's all sorts of things that the library, which is obviously part of the library, it being a library, but it is there's lots of what have I missed? There's so much else, Jamal. <laughs> I mean, I think I think any kind of project or program you can think of, there probably is some version of it being worked on at, at the library. Um, I mean, Emma mentioned kind of having to go into reading rooms to see items, but you know, if you don't have readers pass or you don't have the time to kind of go and you want to just see kind of a, a few of the highlights, you can go to the the treasures gallery. Um, and you can go and see, you know, a lot of our our most prized possessions in, in that room. It's, it's it's absolutely fascinating. Just take a walk in there. Give us an example. If I go into that, um, there are some lovely like religious scripts, loads of and, like amusing yeah. and yeah. Bibles, and they're so like I mean they're just like very they're like works of art, aren't they? Yeah, they're like very... Sultan Baybar's Quran is in there, and as a, as a Muslim, just to see it in all its glory and and beauty is just yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. But is the, is the Magna Carta still in there as well? The Magna Carta's in there as well. What? Yes. The Magna, <laughs> the Magna Carta, yeah. It's in the British Library. Yes. Um, and then also the Gutenberg Bible. And I think one of only what? like a few as surviving well? copies. Yeah. So um, there's, yeah, there's absolute treasures in, in, in the British Library. And yeah, if, if you just want to have a, you know, free to walk in, go, go through the door and, and on the left hand side of the, of the buildings, yeah, go have a look in the treasures gallery. But just to plug our team's work though, I mean, if you're a community group listening to this podcast, we do community tours and we also do community show and tells. Yep. And, you know, when we've got an organised group, we can bring out some real experts, proper experts yeah. who yeah. really know about the collection to yeah. show you. I mean, there's lots of examples of things that we've done, you know, over the years with groups where mm. people have been really wowed by things that perhaps aren't in that gallery, but you yeah. can you can see them too. Yeah. Yeah. So like, obviously that would be a kind of a self-guided uh, look around. But like I said, if we do a kind of a private show and tell for community groups, then 
we can get the curators to come out who are like, as I said, experts on this area and can really give in-depth knowledge and and kind of a, you know a play-by-play on kind of the history of the of the of the not just the item but the context in which it's created in the world and kind of really build that story. Um, and yeah, I've been I've been lucky enough to kind of help to organize a few of those uh, show and tells. And every time I go, I'm absolutely like blown away. Well, wow. so if I wanted to actually go and, and examine Sultan Baybal's Quran, could mm. I? Well, there. There are certain, there are a few items that are restricted items and, like, the, and the Magna Carta, yeah. well, the King's Library yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there are there are a few items that are restricted items. I like to like for example um, stuff that is either, either too valuable or some yeah. some stuff that is like for example um, at risk of um, damage or decay, yeah. like really really old and fragile. Um, but other than that, you can if you get a reader's pass. It's quite simple. Emma did it the other day. Yeah. Um, Confession for the first time. Although I've been <laughs> at the library for a while, I'm doing a course in in September, and I thought. I'm going to become a reader and I'm going to go through the process and see from myself firsthand. I mean, I'd, I had done it when I first started like as a, a process, but not actually joined, went through the steps. And um, it's so super easy. It took all of, I, pre, I pre-registered online and it took all of probably 15 minutes and there was a queue. So you could probably do it in five if you've got the wow. You just need some photo ID, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's pretty much yeah. it. And then once you, go, once you get a reader's pass, you can go to any of the 11 reading rooms um, and you can request items um, admittedly, the majority of our items are kept in our uh, secondary location in Boston Spa in Yorkshire. Um, but anything, anything, anything that's on site will be delivered to you in in the reading room you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you can request it even if it's not on site. You can request it. it just takes about two days to get down. Right. And you just come back in two days and, and view it. And yeah. You can you can like touch it and read it through as you as you would like. Mm. There are some strict rules, of course, uh-huh. like like no ink pens. Yeah. No, you can't bring things like your tweezers to pluck your eyebrows. Anything that's a sharp object. Anything yep. like, obviously because these are really kind yeah. of protected, yeah. looked after items. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. There's stuff mm. you can actually physically leaf yeah. through. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Without gloves or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not if it's not restricted, anything you call to the reading room, you can touch. Okay. So, fifty years ago, mm-hmm. what? What happened to make the British Library? Why all of a sudden the British? Well, I hear it's a collection of. Mm-hmm. of it's the Brit- It was the British Library Act mm-hmm. um, in seventy three that was born out of a vision to bring um, science, arts, humanities all together under one roof for research and enjoyment. And that's what that's what led to the creation of the British Library, mm-hmm. um, which included the British Museum. Some people still. Well, quite regularly, people will say the yeah. British Museum to us. Yeah. We might have been talking to them for an hour and they'll say the British Museum because yeah. it's such a strong association. Um, or even the, the round reading room is quite famous. Yeah. And someone will be like, oh, I came here to see the round reading room. Ah, oh, sorry, mate, that's up. Because the wrong place. Down the road at the museum. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, Jamal's already mentioned our, obviously, our site in Boston Spa in York. Um, and that, that's why, you know, we're an amalgamation of different institutions. So mm-hmm. we've got our London site and aspirations to do more in Leeds as well yep. mm-hmm. but um and Yorkshire is yeah where we've got a very exciting robot machine that helps collect items from the huge wow. storage area <laughs> that there is yeah okay that's fascinating I mean what a great I mean opened my eyes uh incredibly to what resources there are available for the general public <laughs> so now let us think about community engagement um your roles are you know it says it on the tin you know <laughs> So, what is it that you're seeking to do as a, as a as a team to create that engagement? Well, and what does community mean? Who is who is the community? Yeah, I mean, I guess our remit to be really clear, there's lots of amazing 
community and public engagement that takes place in the library and there always has been. Um, and I suppose our remit to speak specifically to what we're focused on is very much about Camden and and even more specific than just Camden, our very immediate neighbours. Mm-hmm. Um, and the library did quite a lot of soul searching a few years back when we decided that we wanted to expand our site, which is a very exciting project. Um, and we will be bigger um, now that we've we're almost through the planning process and got permission to do so. Um, but at the very, very early stages of thinking about this, the library took the opportunity to consult with local people about the library um, as it as it was then, as it still is now, and and also about this idea of you know becoming basically a third bigger than it than it currently is. Mm-hmm. So that gave the library an opportunity to think about who we are as a neighbour. And that is where we were born, our remit, our team to really, I often describe our function as linchpin or glue or kind of advocacy for local people on the inside of what is an an internationally renowned, amazing national institution with all these amazing things we've just mentioned and more. Um, What does that mean for local people? And particularly, what does it mean? And the library has a real um, conscience about this and is really passionate that, you know, we focus our energies and attentions on those who perhaps live in very close proximity to these amazing institutions in the knowledge quarter, which the library is a part of, um, but perhaps who don't always get the the same opportunities as those who, you know, who might be further away actually. But so because of that thinking and the feedback that we got, which was not necessarily negative, but I think a lot of local people felt then and probably to some extent might still feel this, um, or not that I seek to speak for local people, but it was very much like, we haven't got any bad feeling about the library, but we just feel a little bit, almost a bit apathetic about it. We're not sure what it does because I think people still held it in their heads. It's a research institution. It's academic. Yep. It's not necessarily for for Joe Blogs. Mm-hmm. How? What does it mean? So our role is first and foremost to break that down mm-hmm. and to make sense of the institution out outwards, but then also to make sense of the local context to our colleagues internally and try where we can to influence and embed. Um, you know community engagement practice everywhere so that local people feel they have a stake mm. in the organization and everything that we do do you want to yeah. add to that Jamal for like I'm no, <laughs> I think, I think that's one of the one of the best descriptions I think yeah. you've ever you've ever done <laughs> but um yeah the thing like I'm said there it's about um it's about us being that bridge between the hyper local community and the British Library and all its processes and projects and programs and mm. ways of working and basically just trying to ensure that both sides are are kind of understanding what the other wants and what the other needs and just trying to create those kind of relationships and, and you know, coexist together. Mm-hmm. Um, so for internally, we might kind of influence processes or we might try and um, incorporate more local programming in the library or um, try and, you know, create more local representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then, for example, Outwards is trying to, um, you know, trying to introduce a whole new audience to the library and trying to, you know, let local people know of the stuff on their doorstep and how they can be involved and um, and the benefits to to what they could what they could be get involved in. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I see, I hear you're looking to recruit locally as well. I mean, Jamal, obviously, you're yeah, have uh, come directly from the community. Yeah. Um, what's what's yeah, what's, what's the plan with that? The plan with that and the rationale for that, I think, is also that we are obviously an institution that talks a lot about knowledge and the world's knowledge. I think that's still one of our slogans, isn't it? Probably. Um, I should know that. Um, <laughs> but local knowledge is yep. really invaluable. And so it's kind of, you know, in terms of recruitment, particularly to our team, but beyond that as well, more so we're starting to do. Um, 
we want local people to help influence the programming and what mm -hmm. it is that happens mm -hmm. in the library. And we want different types of knowledge, lived experience to be valued in equal measure because, you know, we are, as I've said, you know, we are like an academic institution. We're all about research and that obviously is very, very, very important. But um, community engagement is about kind of reaching out to, you know, everybody and and not just necessarily um, those who are academic. So mm. it's about, yeah, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit here. You might no, but I think, I think, bit, but, <laughs> I think um, it's about saying, you're, you're kind of saying like whose who's knowledge is important yeah. and us identifying that, you know, local people's knowledge is just as important as the kind of the knowledge that we claim to keep in, in the BL yeah. and us trying to bring that in and, and make it so that it, if we are claiming to be the, the, the country's knowledge or the, you know, the, the knowledge of the people, mm -hmm. then that means that we are the knowledge of all people yeah. and we try and really bring that in and include that in, in everything that we do. Yeah. And working really closely, I mean, one of the things that we do is we really, our, our kind of key stakeholder, if you like, is very much the voluntary sector in Camden, which is really mm -hmm. strong in Camden. Um, and there are some amazing grassroots community organisations and community leaders and they help us to do that. They've mm -hmm. helped, I think, that really we are where we are with our strategy around community engagement and working with communities and not just, you know, working to do things for communities has really been born mm -hmm. out of, you know, what we've learned from working with our partners. And and they, I know, you know, we know that having local people part of the decision-making processes, but also employed by the institution is mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. um, and we've just, yeah, we have just recruited a, um, somebody else who also happens to be local is joining our team in September, which we're really excited about. And, mm -hmm. and their remit is actually going to be very focused on um, what we refer to as like the tangible kind of tangible benefits of the library for local people in terms of jobs, training, employability, volunteering. This particular role is going to, going back to that glue statement, will be really cementing our relationships even further with some of the amazing um, projects that happen in and around the local area supporting people who might be currently not very close to the jobs market get closer to it and we're going to have a role in our team that works really closely with HR to help us support people in that situation mm -hmm. become um, closer to perhaps benefit from an opportunity at the library hopefully right and what are some of the events that you put on there to get that engagement oh there's so many like there's a whole well, events programme yeah, stuff but that think, we do with partners but yeah maybe. yeah, our, our kind of the ones that we kind of organise and, and lead on um they kind of vary from um, kind of ones that are reoccurring that will happen quite consistently. So, for example, um, our private views that we do for each exhibition where we will just um, block out the whole exhibition space and we'll just say uh, local community partners, their families, anyone who wants to come, um, come and have a, ni a nice little, a nice day just to see the exhibition, walk through it. Curators are usually on hand to kind of talk through any decision-making processes, you know, how, why we chose this item, why we didn't choose this item, how this item found its way in the collection, what's the significance of this one. Um, and so those are quite like reoccurring events that are consistently happening every time we have a, a, a major exhibition. Um, and then there's kind of like more unique ones that are customized and, and kind of organized depending on needs or wants or um, kind of asks from the community. So one that um, I learned last year was one around um, creating a series of show and tells that we ended up calling uh, the Taster Session program. Um, and it was really trying to open open people's eyes to the breadth of the collection and kind of the, the what we had on display, what we're not on display, but what we had in the collection. Um, and so working with curators and colleagues in, in, in the different departments, uh, we managed to put together, I think, six or seven um, show and tells that were so different and so varied. Mm. 
like one was on Punjabi folk tales, one was on indigenous African knowledge on medicinal plants, one was on uh, women in the Eastern European collection, um, mm-hmm. one was on carnival and Kaiso and the history of that of carnival okay. and and it's it's coming to the UK and oh. and just keeping it so varied and broad meant that we were introducing a whole new audience to the library and just kind of showing that anything that you're interested in we probably have some sort of representation of it in in the collection. Mm. Yeah. And I think to build on that in terms of like large events one of the bits of feedback that has like that we've had over the years from local people has been around um giving over more space more of our spaces to local activity. Yeah. So the other thing that we're really really proud of is that we've supported some of the existing things that happen in the local area over the years. So we've uh, partnered with the Summerstown Festival organizers um, on a number of occasions now where the whole of our piazza has been, you know, just turned into a celebration of the Summerstown community. And that's a really amazing, I think it's still the largest in, in Camden. Um, it's an amazing grassroots community festival born out of a really interesting history about bringing communities together in, in Summerstown. Mm-hmm. Um, we have partnered with an amazing charity called Ramadan Tent Project, who, again, one of our bits of feedback that we've had over the years is like to make some of the stuff that we do a little bit more relevant and connected to local interests. Mm-hmm. So, um, And so, obviously, we have a huge, a hugely diverse community and Ramadan Tent really um, focus on bringing different faith groups together during the month mm-hmm. of Ramadan. Um, and so we ho- we've hosted open iftar events on the piazza and we, had, we did one indoors last year as mm-hmm. well, actually, because of the weather. Yeah. Um, and building on that, one of the things that I have to mention during the course of this podcast is us kind of growing this um, aspiration from local people around doing more and giving over more space to local people do what they want to do in and around our spaces. This year, we're really, really, really excited that we are going to be taking over a um, quite a small space, but a space that is currently a cafe on the piazza, the forecourt of the British Library called The Last Word. Yeah. And um, oh, what a good name. yeah, um, we're we're really excited about it. Um, our team will be based from there. A couple of us will be based from there, which will give us thinking about outreach, accessibility, contact, all of that will be so much more visible for people because we currently base ourselves on the fourth floor of the building. Um, and it will, it will be a space to showcase um, local art, dis- small di- displays. We mm. will have activities in there that are curated by local people in partnership building all the, all the stuff that we've done, but mm. having a, a dedicated, designated spot to pilot some quite small things that we really hope might influence bigger things later on um, when we have more space in the in the new building. But yeah, so that's kind of mm. building on all the events that we've yep. done in the building and mm. around the building, isn't it? That's yeah, and it very much is kind of like looking at what to see what works and what doesn't work and how we can transition that into yeah, bigger spaces. Yeah. I think yeah. that the, the extension is going to be a, an interesting um project and kind of just to see the transformation of that space um and the kind of opportunities that that will provide for us as a team and and the library as a whole um will be very very uh good to see maybe how long until that uh well this is a good question several years probably several years and there is a kind of not a concrete kind of like definitive schedule Uh as yet yeah um things are moving um, but they're moving in the right direction and then, and we're kind of, we're just making sure that we're kind of keeping out all of our partners that we talk to regularly up to date with any, anything that we do hear of in terms of progress. But mm. um, Any upcoming events that we, you're excited about? I mean, I probably just ruined it by talking about the last word because I'm most, we're really <laughs> excited about the last word and right. we are, we are going to, I mean, it's not quite around the corner, but we probably will be in Christmas mode very okay. soon, but we're, we're hoping that we will be occupying it and have it open um, with our first community curated display up um, 
in, in no pressure <laughs> in um, December yep. as part of our annual we always do a um, mm-hmm. another community event that we yep. do is we now have like an annual Christmas tree lighting ceremony on oh, the nice. piazza where we have lovely local school children come yep. and sing and it's very nice and we're going to do hopefully a bigger and better version of that with the opening of our new space yep. um, but there's probably lots of other there's loads of things in the cultural events programme that I don't have in front of me but yep. there's, there's absolutely tons that yep. always happens so yeah. can you think of anything that comes to mind that you no but they, they always programme amazing events all year round yeah. Yeah. so if anyone's interested yeah just head over to the um, the website and look for the events page what's, um, on, page what's on page or, yeah. yeah yeah. the schools programme must be quite you must get a lot of visits from schools loads yeah. and the majority are Camden schools but yeah. yeah from all over I don't have the figures for that no, to no, hand either but it is thousands endless, thousands endless, every yeah. year there are always children on the site um, and it, yeah having their having their visits and their tours yep. and um, and what they, do they get shown? Like, what, what example, like, yeah, what are they? Well, they have, they have, they have um, amazing like, learning facilitators that will kind of, um, depending on the age group and, and how they all kind of cater and, and kind of make, um, like, kind of catered uh, visit plans or, like, kind of uh, event schedules. Um, and so they'll kind of be given, like, activities to, to do around the building. Like, for example, uh, we worked together last year and a, a group of um, local young people that I brought to the building, they had designed a kind of um, what's the what am I looking for like bingo oh yeah and so we went into the treasures gallery mm-hmm. and there was a bunch of like very kind of um, uh, vague statements about yeah. items yeah that were in that were in that were currently being displayed in the okay. treasures gallery and then they had to go and find the item and then and then take it off and, and kind of like select bingo and oh, try wow. and try and try and win um, so yeah so we, all, all these kind of like fun engaging activities and, and opportunities for them to kind of explore the build not just kind of the treasures gallery but the whole building because one thing that I love about the, the library is that there's loads of installations throughout the building. Yeah. So on every floor, you almost every floor, you'll find some some piece of artwork or some part of the collection yeah. on display. And just walking around, you'll find you'll find something to look at and something to read. And it's always interesting to see what we have on display. Mm. And National Treasures Bingo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like a fun game. I was also um, uh, the the taster. Um, sessions that sounded really uh, delicious to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> funny you should say that. One of the things we did was incorporate a meal because yeah. that was we knew that kind of getting people a lot of food helps everything, doesn't it? Yeah. And mm-hmm. we did, I think on occasion, Jamal managed to kind yeah. of almost theme the cuisine around mm. the yep. conversation. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I think we ate in the story garden we some of the, the time, garden, which yeah, is yeah. our Yeah. Well, it was a diverse community that we have around Summerstown and, yeah. and around the, you could imagine a sort of a, a world of Food influences and maybe um, I don't know cookbooks of from all the different communities or something. It could be yeah. an incredible uh, event, you know. Well, actually, it's funny you should say that. I know this is about Camden, but I think our colleagues in Leeds mm-hmm. have produced a yeah. cookbook, and I feel like maybe our learning team have done something similar like that. With over, I think there has been a, a community cookbook produced, not by us, but I think mm-hmm. that has happened. Yeah, okay. um, because for that reason. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> yeah. the Leeds one's fresh because that, that that happened last year, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, they worked with um, a, lot, a, a lot of refugee communities in Leeds, mm. and right. had made um, like a refugee cookbook, cookbook where kind right, of different yeah. um, recipes and foods from different cultures that happen to find themselves um, in Leeds. Mm. Um, and yeah, they, they produced that I think mm. year before last, but I think it was published last year. Yeah, yeah, that's really really sounds like the North might be leading the South here on this oh. one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> there's, a, there's, actually, there's actually really really amazing. They're doing some amazing things. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, um, we can't fall behind them. No. <laughs> <laughs> so sustainability is really important to us at Camden Clean Air. What what are the, some of the measures that you you see um, sort of happening at the library? Uh, clearly, digitisation is a is a big theme. 
Um, are there any kind of specific sustainability initiatives that you're aware of? I mean, we from in our team, we're really quite close to a lot of the community partners who are leading fantastic projects. Um, and we met just the other day with a partner, um, mm-hmm. Summerstown Community Association, who are leading on the Future Neighbourhood Programme. And uh, with that, we met with them and mm-hmm. also our business and the BIPC Centre team to talk about how we might support the kind of mm-hmm. circular economy work that they're trying to do in Charlton Street, um, Charlton Street Market. Um, so from our perspective, mm-hmm. I suppose, like all of our work, we're trying to know what the priorities are locally. Um, and similarly, for example, we are we're going to be working really closely with uh, an organisation called Think and Do once we have our last word premises, who are all about sustainability mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. are going to be doing some amazing um, well, Jamal's closer to the detail, but they're going to do some... We're doing a sharing space, yeah, where we kind of um, mix um, sustainable food, um, all kind of vegetarian or vegan, um, with kind of storytelling, um, ran out of the last word, and will be a good chance for everyone to kind of explore new topics um, over some good food. Yeah. And they do do really good food. Amazing, yeah. But I mean, b- more broadly and beyond us, obviously, the library's been yes. working on reducing mm-hmm. our carbon emissions for over a decade and there are probably better place colleagues who could talk to this mm. this question. But um, yeah, the the buildings are, yes. are being made more sustainable and people and partnerships in the way, I think the way we're working, I think like these the partners that we're working with are in front of more and more mm. kind of other colleagues, would you say? Yeah. Like I feel like people are kind of talking about this issue across yeah. lots of different teams now. Exactly, yeah. Um, and also I think... For the for the new build extension, mm-hmm. that is a, a quite a big priority for the team, and and they are yeah. they are working on on mm-hmm. a lot of measures and a lot of ways to kind of um, look at sustainability and what that means for a massive new building, and trying to op- offset a lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of the carbon you know the footprint and, and and do a lot of work to kind of address um, you know w- what that means for such a such a massive building, and yeah they they're quite passionate about that and and it's good to see that good work being done there. Okay, so what what do you like most about working at the British Library? I think mine is probably, I always say this, but I think it's the truth. I think I most like working at the British Library because of all the people that I get to work with. Mm-hmm. And it is very, very difficult to not be inspired by the people who we work with who just know so much about the thing that they are just the most mm-hmm. passionate person about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like it's the people, like the people make the the institution what it is um mm-hmm. i do also i am also a little bit of a sucker for the entrance like i always walk the public way in i never go the staff entrance right. way because i'm i just love brand entrance i know and it's funny because i you know it's in many ways that's one of the things that i thought oh, this is really quite intimidating when i first worked at the yeah. library and i know it does still have that impact um sometimes but it's also just really amazing you walk in and it's just so like in the bookshop and i just love the mm. the atmosphere um, so then, yeah, I'll shut up now. They're probably my favourite things. People and the kind of walking into the building, I really like. <laughs> no, I think I think you've stolen my answer there with, with, with the people. But um, for me, it's just like sometimes when I get bored at my desk or I've got a very um, like laborious task or it's just I, I need a break. Um, I'll sometimes just go on a walk around the kind of the curatorial areas, mm-hmm. um, and you just you'll bump into colleagues who are like you know experts in their field who are kind of you know sometimes the world's leading expert on, on kind of different areas and mm. you get to pick their brain about what they're working on or, or the collection yeah. items they sometimes sometimes they'll just have collection items on their desk yeah that they're either cataloging or or they're referencing for you know a research piece or they're um you know working on and, and you just you just get to see these amazing items that you can just um 
you know, and, and they'll be able to then, they'll be able to then explain to you what it means and <clears throat> and what it is and, and and you know give you some like inside knowledge about you know oh this you know this is what this meant in this time and this is the yeah. context in which it was made um and yeah just see them kind of the, the passion in which they they do their work it always kind of re-energizes me to go back up to my desk and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and finish what i was doing here we are in the borough of camden what do you like most about either working or living in the borough of camden so maybe emma you're when working in the borough of camden what what's what excites you about Hamlin itself? Well, I have, I'm not a local. I'm not that local. I lived the other end of the Harrow Road. I used to get the 18 bus here. Or I used to cycle. So I, when I first started working in Camden, I used to say to my husband, who also works in Camden, I used to say to him, "Well, oh, Camden thinks it's a cut above the rest. It's like, because I've worked with lots, like worked with and not necessarily directly for, but I've worked with lots of local authorities in my in my previous work. And I always used to think Camden just thinks it's a bit of cut, it's a cut above the rest, Camden. Um, and you know, it pains me to say that it kind of is. <laughs> I think, I think it's got, and I think at the heart of that actually is, uh, for me, I do think I know bias because we get to work with the all the community-based organisations, but it's got a very can-do attitude, Camden, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like I feel like that's really positive, um, mm-hmm. and lots of really like great things just happen in Camden. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's just like it's quite an inspirational place. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's just. Le- leading it's leading mm. it's mm. it kind of leading and you feel like if it can happen anywhere it can happen in Camden yeah. in London certainly you feel like that yeah. so that's positive you feel yeah. like that's really great mm. yeah mm. yeah. Jamal you're, you're still living in the borough of Camden I do yeah um, I think kind of leading off that in terms of MSing it from a kind of um, the, the work being done perspective I kind of I'm so grateful and thankful for being a recipient of that work mm-hmm. obviously you know as a as a teenager growing up in Camden seeing all the kind of you know, youth centre after youth centre shut down because of like cutbacks and, and, and stuff like that. You know, still being able to go to other youth centres that managed to survive and, mm-hmm. and being a beneficiary of the great work they've done and, you know, the boost for my confidence, you know, being on projects and programmes that they kind of curated and delivered on. Um, I mean, someone like SYDRC, who I actually end up working for, who used their service as a kid and then I end up working for when I was when I was older. You know, the work that, they delivered on is, is, is it wouldn't be short to say that helped change that? my life. Acronym? SYDRC, uh, so Somali Youth Development Resource Center. Okay. So kind of, it, shout yeah. Shout out there. Shout out there we for them. Jamal, sorry if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it wouldn't be a stretch to say that they helped influence and shape the person that I am today. And I'm so grateful for the work, not just, not just the work they do, but the work that similar organizations throughout the Bar of Camden deliver. And um, yeah, I'm grateful that they continue to do so even now, and we'll do so hopefully for generations to come. Well, Emma and Jamal, thanks for joining us here today on Camdenness. No worries, thank you You're for having welcome. us. Thanks for having us. And that's all this week for Camdenness. Camdenness was recorded in Serendipity Studios in Arlington Road for the Camden Clean Air Initiative. Camden Town, in Camden Town.